Hello and welcome to Raise the Bar with Troy Haynes. I'm your host and today we are again talking about high jump, long jump, triple jump, pole vault. And our guest is Mike Ashton, who is the uh, jumps and vault coach at Utah Valley University. And uh, he is a coaching a, a young man that I worked with in high school. So um, we started talking and uh, we thought it'd be fun to talk and, and talk training and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to let him into the waiting room and we'll just jump right into it. All right. I see. I see a picture of a vaulter. And I'm sure he's hooking in. There all we right. go. There we go. All right. How you doing? I'm going to turn up my volume. And all right, we are live. Um, ladies and gentlemen, listening to Raise the Bar, I am here with Mike Ashton, who is the, the jumps coach at Utah Valley University. And uh, this is our, our first meeting of any kind. We have <laughs> talked a little bit on, on Instagram. Um, and I was just telling everyone that you are, are uh, currently coaching uh, Aiden Garnett, who I, yeah. I, worked, I worked with in high school. Yeah, so um, uh, really interesting, Mike. Uh, welcome and thanks thanks for taking the time out of your day yeah absolutely thanks for uh thanks for letting me hop on um i told my high jump crew the other day i was like hey i'm doing this podcast with raise the bar it's uh his name's troy and ain's like oh troy haynes i was like yeah that's him he's like that's <laughs> super cool he coached me in high school so it yeah. was just a, it, was, it was a good connection there but Aiden's, Aiden's a great kid he's a good kid Wow. Well, you know, it's funny. I um, trained Aiden and uh, just one season, uh, I chased after him and a kid named Jack Weisman. They were both in Orange County and they'd been jumping mm -hmm. against each other for years. And, uh, you know, I had success with a, a different athlete who they both used to just beat, you know, badly. And then mm -hmm. this kid got a lot better and went kind of went past him. And I finally was able to draw them in because of that. And so we worked, you know, that one year and they both went mm -hmm. to state and placed, but then Aiden was always beat up because of basketball. So he, yeah. <laughs> when he came to you, he, I guess he rolled his ankles again and, you know, mm -hmm. we weren't really able to get after it too much in training. And the fact that he jumped, uh, you know, well at the state meet and, and he kind of, kind of just finagled his way into sixth, you know, it was like, yeah. he, he used every bit of savvy that he had, you know, he made, <laughs> he made jumps at the right time and he did PR at, at the state meet, but man, yep. I saw the feed and I see this guy jump six, nine, he jumped six, 11, he jumped seven feet. And so he PR'd three times in the same meet to win, right? The big yep. West, he wins the big West title as a freshman. Yeah. Wow. Talk about that. That's amazing. Yeah, no, that's definitely, that's a huge accomplishment coming out of your freshman year, especially because UVU in the past has had actually like pretty good high jumpers come through, like pretty consistent seven footers. Mm -hmm. And so coming out your freshman year definitely um, is great. I actually was on the team at UVU with his sister. So I know Gately. Okay. Um, and then his sister-in-law was actually on the team at the same time as me. So I kind of know his family a little bit. Um, I actually... This is my first year actually just returned back from a two-year LDS mission. Uh -huh. And so um, I've just been working with him so far this fall. Um, things been going pretty well so far for him. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. I, I'm so, uh, so stoked to have had any, <laughs> any <laughs> association, you know, with Aiden. Um, 
Yeah, I remember watching him as a as a freshman and a sophomore, and you know you could tell he was a, a basketballer, but you could just see the talent, you know. And yeah. uh, it's really great that uh, that he's worked really hard and and taken off. So yeah. um, you you just started working with him then, and mm -hmm. uh, so were you guys on the same mission? Because he told me he just got back from Africa. Um, yeah, I shoot, where did he go? I think he went um, somewhere in the Caribbean, if I can remember right, but. No, so um, I just got hired on at Utah Valley University last season. So okay. last season was my first uh, season. Um, and then he just got back over the summer. Um, and so this is his first season back from his two-year break. Yeah. Um, and, you know, last year he left on that two-year mission after his, his freshman year, um, you know, breaking the indoor school record, winning conference, like doing all this great stuff. And then this last season, uh, we had a, a jumper tie his indoor record and then beat the outdoor record. So um, he's got some competition, which I think is good for him. Um, yeah. It's good to see some guys pushing him and working really, really hard. Um, you know, our, our, our crew this year is going to be really, really stellar. We finished really, really well last year um, and all but one are returning. And so we've got a really solid men's crew and Aiden's coming into a really good group and uh yeah, it's just been it's just been fun. You know, he he mentioned to me that you're kind of just the clinician of high jump drills and, you know, all this different things. And uh, we did a drill today at practice. And he's like, hey. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, it's it's just fun that, like, you know, all of us high jump coaches kind of end up having y'all do the same things because we're trying to accomplish all the right, same stuff. Right. You know? Say say that last part again. For some reason, right as you started it, uh, we got a little glitch. So uh, oh, okay. Um, just the the fact that we we did a drill today in practice where it was just a two step off of about a foot inch or a foot uh, twelve inch box up and over the bungee. You know, right. working on rotation. And he's like, yeah, Troy used to have me doing this drill. You know, all the time because I used to be real. You know, really flat board out going over the bungee and. It's like, hey man, like we're working on the same things here. I've <laughs> still yeah. got the same kind of problems. So, right. um, but no, it's, he just he just loved with you coaching him. Um, he said you were a cl clinician. You knew so many different drills, and it was really you coached him really well. And it was just easy for him to kind of pick up on things because you simplified things. And I think that's like the biggest. Uh, that's the biggest part of coaching and just high jump in general um, is just keeping things simple. Wow. Well, that, thank you. That's good to hear. He, um, yeah. yeah, he, uh, the interesting thing with him and Jack working together was, um, when I think back, both of them were crowders that, you know, they were, they both for, for big guys that I, you know, I think back, I was not super flexible. So, uh, you know, I, nobody saw me jump and was like, wow, look at that guy's layout. You know, it was like more about, <laughs> right. you know, look at that guy's hops. Like I, for a white dude, I had hops, you know, and I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't real pretty going over the bar, but both right. Jack and Aiden were pretty flexible and could get in a nice position. And mm -hmm. I would be like, okay, that's great. But you're both so close to the bar that even though you drive your knee up good, they would have to ditch their knee drive or what mm -hmm. I call the knee ride. Right. So they get the knee up yep. and I'm like, leave it up there, you know, float it up to where the bar is and then do what you got to do. Well, they were so close. They couldn't do that. Their brain mm -hmm. would override them and go, no, no, no. You got to go into layout now, because if you don't, you're just going to knock it off. You're too close. Yep. So, uh, you know, he kind of was a beneficiary. Yeah. I didn't get to work with Aiden all through the fall. Like I did with Jack because Jack mm -hmm. didn't play basketball. So Aiden's playing <laughs> basketball and he's doing his thing. And, you know, I'm like, well, basketball is great. Like if you don't roll your ankles, 
ankle <laughs> basketball you can come out of basketball and just be ready to go i've exactly. had exactly yeah. you know that experience teammates of mine and athletes mm -hmm. that come out of basketball are just ready to go you don't have to there's no preseason it's like let's just start yep. jumping so but working with jack was interesting because jack was the crowder and a lot aiden kind of got the benefit of me really kind of racking my brain for you know like you're saying i just made stuff up i'm just like yep. i don't know man let's let's try this you know it was like so <laughs> i was just trying to pull things out of the air because yeah and i remember looking back at at jack's jump he jumped 610 at the masters mm -hmm. meet out here and i go you know what i'm looking at the film i'm like he's still too close <laughs> like, yeah. you can jump even right. higher if you get farther away i don't think yeah realize, you know well, and that's the thing, like when I, when I was first coaching high school, when I graduated college, you know, that for me, like I had all of the knowledge as an athlete of like, this is the things you do for high jump. These are the different drills. Um, and then you start to realize like, oh, there are like very many different athletes and types of bodies out here. Like we have yeah. to make those adjustments. And like you said, high school, uh, basketball athletes, like those were the ones that I tried to go and find like, Hey, sure. you're on the basketball team. You doing anything in spring come and high jump for me. Like you basically just show how, how high your hops are and, yeah. you know, and you just kind of tinker with things, tinker with their, their, their approach and find that sweet spot where it's just like their timing and their instinct, like kick in and everything just falls into place. And, uh, you know, I'm working with a kid right now. He's a sophomore. Um, I had a whole season with him last year. Um, PR jumped over, uh, 201. So six, seven, um, so beat his high school PR. And now we're starting to adjust, like move him back because he, he has one of the best layouts and arches I've seen out of a high jumper, just gets super flexible. And, but he's just so fast and so quick, close to the bar. It's like, we got to start moving ourselves away because now he's getting faster and stronger too. And, right. um, it's just, yeah, it's, that's the great, the fun thing about, uh, high jump is it, it's just the puzzle of each athlete and putting all the pieces together. And then, you know, as you're moving up heights, you have to adjust the pieces and move things around. And, right. uh, you just gotta be a student of, of high jump just in general that, and that's the fun part is it's different every, it shouldn't be different every time. It should be pretty similar, but there's just different challenges that you run into every time you practice and do things. So. Well, it's a lot so, of fun. <laughs> let's, yeah, you know, and I, I love you already. I can just feel the, the energy is coming off you in waves. Like um, <laughs> when, when you were uh, an athlete now, you started being a, you were a vaulter first, mm -hmm. right? And then you kind of yeah. gravitated to the multis. Is that how you got exposed to the high jump? Yeah. So um, actually, I when I was in middle school, because I grew up in Vancouver, Washington, um, I started with high jump, long jump, sprints. Um, I was, I played soccer, I played basketball, so I had pretty good hops for, for a white guy, like you said. Right. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of where I started. Um, and then when I started, um, and so I was doing all of those events kind of through high school, um, got recruited to UVU as a pole vaulter, but then, you know, they saw, oh, you can still high jump, long jump, and you're a sprinter. Like, let's start turning you into a multi because, pole vault one of the most technical things that you've already got down like and you're doing the other events so it was just an easy transition for me um but high jump is always one that i've really enjoyed and really loved doing just because a all the high jumpers have a really really good vibe about them and it's just it really just comes down to like who can who can stay the most consistent and who can hit their timing and their their positions correctly 
Um, and it's just, it, it's, it's a lot of fun and I love coaching it um, because it's so technical. There's so many little pieces that you can get engrossed in. But at the end of the day, I tell my athletes all the time, like when we're in competition, your, your, your technical brain should shut off and your competition brain should turn on. You should yeah. be wanting to win the meet or place really well in the meet and shoot for PRs. I mean, if we come in and your first jump at six, four opening height looks terrible, but we clear it. I'll take it. Like, right. Right. <laughs> and that's part of the process. Don't worry about it. So, yeah. 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 That's an interesting thing that you're talking about because, um, you know, I, I have that, that rep of being so clinical in this and that. And that's like, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't like that as an athlete, you know, I was a competitor and I was used to mm -hmm. jumping well and winning and all those things and, and being aggressive. And, you know, so I, I've had to step outside of that sometimes say, okay, mm -hmm. you know, I want you to realize a couple of things as we're working, I go, when we're competing, it's very important for you to make bars and it, especially at the big meet. So I try to, you know, try to mm -hmm. say, this is, it's a complex thought. It's like, I want you jumping well at the end when it really matters. And that's where we're going to be like, Hey, misses are everything because, you know, one miss here, there's a difference between, you know, either moving on to the next round or sometimes where you mm -hmm. place. So yep. that's super important, but on the road there, you know, during early in the season, I'm like, Hey, open low, let's get some jumps in. You know, let's mm -hmm. get some stuff on tape. We can figure out what you're doing. We'll, we'll get it down. So don't yep. don't sweat the details, right? But yeah. then I tell them sometimes, you know, I understand it because I was like that and I forget, but I'll tell the kids, I'm like, look, I don't care if you make the bar or not. When we're working out, like sometimes you and I both know you can have a crappy jump that makes it and you can have a really great jump that misses. And you're yep. like, oh my God, you were over by a foot. How did you miss? I'm looking back at the film going, what did you touch it with? Oh, okay. You nicked it with your heels and it just hit it right and it wobbled and fell off. I'm like, man, that's that's yeah. and the other time they hit it, it bounces up, comes down, <laughs> yeah. lands on the bar, and you're like, Oh my god, that was the worst jump ever. And you yeah, gotta yep. like, <laughs> exactly. I don't care when when we're in the workout, and that's the beauty of video. I'm like, hey, look at this mm -hmm. position that you're in right here. This is what we were talking about. I don't I don't care about the bar. <laughs> I don't care yeah. about you know, it's like I'm trying to get you in these positions, you know. So mm -hmm. that's that's uh it's interesting how that that whole dynamic comes out. Um yeah. the question I had for you, this is another thing that um mm -hmm. noticed, but pole vaulters <laughs> in high school. Uh, number one, I, I would never think that a high jumper has to be a risk taker. And it's not until you see other athletes that are actually afraid to try the high jump because they don't want to land on the bar or whatever and get hurt. Yeah. Um, the pole vault is like that squared <laughs> or cubed, right? Like you got to be kind of a daredevil to be a pole vault mm -hmm. a little bit, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, my, my mom used to tell me when I was two, three, four years old, I was climbing up on stuff and just jumping off and <laughs> doing my whole thing. So I was kind of born with that gene. And, you know, I always say that pole vaulters just, they're a different breed. Like they mm -hmm. are just their own and they're all little, they all have a couple screws loose and uh, <laughs> right. it just, you know, you, you just kind of have to ride that edge of like, we're pushing you know, you're trying to get so like, just like high jump, you're trying to get better every single practice. And you kind of have to push that edge of like, yeah. we're doing things where we're almost to the point where we're unsafe, but we're still doing things right. So things are coming together. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun to coaching both of them because they're both so technical. Um, and I tell my group all the time too, is that like, they're, the approaches are so different and the and you know what you're working on is so different but there's so many core things that are 
the same like knee drive and high jump. Like yeah. I love how you said, um, you know, ride the knee, you know, pull vaults the same way. That knee drive is what helps you create all that momentum into the pole and move through so that you can, you know, land in a safe spot. And, um, you know, there's so many just other technical things that, that go into it, but the way we get to those and develop the strength and work on those things are all the same. Yeah. Um, and we, so like a lot of the plyometric stuff and a lot of the strength training stuff I do with them is, is very easily applied to both. Um, sure. so, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. You're, you're in great company because, um, <laughs> one of, one of the guys that, that I was fortunate enough to be around when I was at UCLA, who's mm -hmm. one of the, in my estimation, one of the preeminent coaches in the U S is Anthony Curran. And okay. Anthony Curran <laughs> at UCLA, like you said, most people might go, he's kind of got a little screw loose, but he, he's mostly just chill. He's a surfer. He's, mm -hmm. he's so great with the kids. I mean, I, he's just like the most easygoing guy, but he, he gets the stuff that he's telling across. And then, you know, after I left and after quite a bit after he ended up not just, you know, coaching the pole vault there, but they eventually gravitated to all the jumps and his jumpers did well, you know, he put that all together. And I don't know that Anthony was ever a high jumper or a long right. jumper in, in high school, but he understands, you know, biomechanics and physics and speed <laughs> and all the training and all the same stuff you're talking about. And, and I find it, I remember back when I was at UCLA, there were some great coaches there, you know, Art Venegas mm -hmm. was working with the throwers and yep. you know, John Brenner was one of the great throwers in 84 when I was a, a sophomore and he was you know, trying to get into the Olympics. And then, you know, Curran had his guys and John Smith mm -hmm. came along later, had these great sprinters, the gold medals. And so I was really fortunate to be around some incredible coaches. And I had this this need to stand around like I would finish the jump workout and I would be over there listening because mm -hmm. I was in my brain. I'd be like, okay, these guys are great athletes. There's gotta be something that I can get. Even the, the shot putters and the discus throwers, you know, mm -hmm. even out of watching the javelin or the disc or, you know, whatever. And then the pole vault, like you said, like at the time, I don't think I connected those dots, but now that I've done a little bit of it, and I, I do have, I would say, coaching the pole vault on my resume, but I'm just a neophyte. Like I vaulted a little bit <laughs> in high school. And yeah. you know, every time I'm around, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally get it. I'm just like going, <laughs> I'm that guy asking questions going, okay, wait, what are you talking about? You know, and I listen, I'm interested. I would love to be the fly on the wall and listen to you because Curran, when he watches somebody come through, he's like, okay, we need to back you up. So I want you to move back two feet, go grab the 15. <laughs> And, you know, he's talking yep. really fast in, in the Walter language. And I'm sitting there going, wait, what do what now? Why are you moving back? Okay. What was he under? And I'm, you know, like I get a million questions like yep. <laughs> no way that I can see it that fast, but yeah, that's a, that's a great, great group to be in. That's the other, mm -hmm. I'm trying to get, I don't know if you know this name, um, Steve Tully, his, his brother was Mike Tully okay. jumped at UCLA. It was in, in the either 84, I think it was the 88 games. Yeah, and Steve, his younger brother, jumped eighteen two at Long Beach City, and then, okay. uh, went to Houston, I believe, with Tom Telez. So, mm -hmm. you know, so now you're the actually the first one I've been able to pin down. I tried to get Kern, and, and he's he's so busy, you know, just like wow, those pole vaulters. <laughs> I'm, I'm appreciative of, of, like I said, I know your time is precious. So, um, what else? So you're doing the high jump and the whole vault and then the multis also yeah so those are those are the three events that i am the 
the official coach for. Um, I've kind of taken a different approach with the multis um, just because I do want to have a lot enough time to be able to focus on the pure high jumpers and pole vaulters. And so the multis get me on for high jump and pole vault days. And then we have such great coaches in our coaching staff, um, Jill Williams, who former shot put record holder in the U.S., mm -hmm. um, two-time Olympian. She's our throws coach. She will forget more about throws than I'll ever know. <laughs> and right. so um, I have my multis work with her for shot, disc, and jab. Um, and then Paul Smith, um, sprinter out of BYU, um, originally from Vegas. Uh, he's been coaching here since 2000, uh, 2010, 2011. He was actually my coach when I was on the team as well. Um, had All-American sprinters, All-American long jumpers. And so I, again, have my multi-schedule time to work with him in um, sprints, hurdles, and, and long jump just because for me, they are the experts in their field and they are working with some top end athletes on our team. And I think as multis, they can not only get coaching from the coach, but they can pick things up and, you know, learn different things from the athletes that are, um, you know, pure sprinters or pure throwers right. too. And so um, a good, you know, rotation and schedule that we have them going on right now. And um, I check in with them. I watch their, their sprint workouts. I watch their throw workouts. Um, just because I'm still a student of every sure. single event as well. And so yeah. I'm trying to learn and pick up on all the little nuances and make sure that I know the specific things that I, they need to be thinking about and doing when in competition so that when we go to big meets, I can be the one that says, no, we need to do this in long jump. No, you need to, you know, have a, you know, you need to delay your hips just a little bit in your throw kind of thing. So right. um, the multis has definitely been my biggest uh challenge so far just because there is so much going on um and you know you're trying to train for everything but you want to make sure you're emphasizing specific things in the fall um and so i that's something that i'm definitely still learning and i put a lot of work in over the summer this this year just because i got hired on like august 1st and our first day of our report date was like the 13th so i had two weeks to just like compile right. everything together and then hold the ship together all season Right. Um, but now I've had a whole off season during the summer um, to really, you know, plan things out, get things scheduled and kind of build their phases and when um, we're going to be doing specific things. Um, I think one of the things you, you talk about with with high jump is um, all my athletes pull vault high jump in my multis. I always tell them, like, look, do we want to be peaking at our first indoor meet of the season right. or do we want to be peaking at conference and postseason? Yeah. Um, it's great if we have a PR in an early meet, that's awesome. That means we're, we're, we're progressing in the right direction, but you know, I don't want to see a, a massive uptick in PRs early and then we just kind of drop off and plateau. So, right. Right. It's, yeah. It's that patience. These, the, the athletes I feel like today, and I was definitely the same way, just, you know, you want to hit those PRs and you're feeling really good and you're just like, why isn't this happening yet? And you know, be, being the coach, I have to be like, slow down. Like we got plenty of time. We're still working on some basic things. Yeah. Like look at all these small things that we're improving on. And I promise you, if we do these things in the next couple of weeks, it's going to come together at this next yeah. meet. And, you know, to add the, you know, go with the old uh, Philadelphia 76ers adage of like trusting the process. Like right. that's really what you got to do. Um, and you know, especially as, as high jumpers, pole vaulters and multis, because it's always just a grind, you know, to progress and keep progressing. So, yeah. Wow. Well, that, uh, that brings up a, a really interesting point too. Um, 
the that feeling like as you were saying that i was getting that that talk where you like the feeling that you know somebody's on the verge of crossing <laughs> over right when you're watching you're like man you're you're like right there we just keep yep. the little miss here there's a little miss there but it, it's coming you know mm -hmm. and you can sense the frustration but you can sense the excitement here and it's just like I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen pretty soon. I can yep. usually get it. Uh, you can feel it because, you know, when you see them all the time, you can see those incremental changes and then you just start seeing the technique work coming through, like you're saying. And this is an interesting thing that I've, I've been telling my kids over the years. I go, look, everything changes with adrenaline, first of all. Okay. So yep. when you get everything <laughs> hyped up and, you know, I used to have my jump tape, right? And this will tell you how old I am. I had a Walkman with you know, <laughs> fuzzy ear things, right? And I had, yep. uh, I put Jump by Van Halen, one of my <laughs> yeah. favorites. And I had, um, there's a Beatles song with a great Ringo Goes Crazy on drums for like, you know, and I, I love a fast drum beat. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll be sitting there, da -da 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 -da, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And I would drop them and go, you know, and that's why you were talking about. There was nothing technical about that. I wasn't sitting yeah. there and visualizing anything. I was like, I was getting hyped up. I'm like, whatever this is, it's going to be full blast, you know, as fast yep. as you go. And so, uh, you know, you do that. And I said, now, this is the weird thing. And check me if I'm wrong. Okay. But I'm thinking, okay. so, you know, I've broken the, the high jump into straight curve, takeoff mechanics, flight layout. Okay. Yep. One, two, three, four, five. And ideally they should happen in that order. So... <laughs> <laughs> don't always, but you know, yeah. one, two, three for sure for everybody because you, yep. you have to take off. But a lot of people put their layout in the middle of the takeoff. So you're like, you, you have to be able to finish each part is the first thing. So yeah. I go, okay, that's how we we train for it. We break down all those different parts. We run circles for curves. Okay. But now I go, look, when you're starting, let's say the bar's at six feet, you mm -hmm. jog straight, you hit the curve, hit your takeoff mechanics, you fly up, you pop your hips and you're over. I go, okay, that's six feet. When we go to six two, let's say it's like just that little bit more. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if I'm approaching faster on my straight and on my curve, I go, ideally, that means that those parts of my jump are happening quicker, right? Right. <laughs> you usually go, that's faster. It's a mm -hmm. faster, It's it's got to be moving faster. I go, the amount of time that I'm on the ground and the acceleration off the ground, those I would think would also get quicker. Okay, yeah. so I've I haven't I haven't verified this, but it, it makes sense to me. And mm -hmm. then I'm like, what's the only part of the high jump that gets longer as you get going better, even inside of the competition itself? I'm like, the only one of all of these that changes is your flight time. Yep. Flight time increases the better you get. So I'm mm -hmm. like, as as flight time increases, I go, you have to become patient. You have to finish riding the knee up. You have to finish getting all the way up to the top, getting to the, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to teach them to go from here to here yep. and then actually to here where they're horizontal before they even deal with their layout. You know, mm -hmm. so like, if you can do the, all those things, you've mastered that. It's going to make everything so much easier for you because, yep. you know, you're not having to hold your arch forever. Other people say, hold that arch. You know, I'm just like, no, if you mm -hmm. if you do everything right, if you ride it up and get horizontal, your the amount of time you spend over the bar should also be the same. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
So yeah, but, no, it's yeah, you're right. You're dead on. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and that you're trying to tell a high school kid this now, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you need to be patient and they're looking at you going, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> like, but yeah, yeah, you're, you're totally right. I think, uh, especially with taller high jumpers, mm -hmm. it's definitely something like that patience thing over the bar. And as the bar gets higher, they, they, they forget like, oh, I actually have to start jumping getting vertical now because they're so used to just going and being able to fall over lower heights. Right, right. Like I have a, I have a high jump girl. She's actually from Southern California as well. Um, she's six, four, <laughs> super wow. tall. Um, and I came into last season, her PR was about five, 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 six. And I was like, how are we not falling over six feet yet? And just right. kind of having the conversation. And, you know, one of the things that she really had to work on was like, oh, I'm actually having to move my center of mass, my hips up in order to get to the right position to lay out. And, right. you know, it's with taller pole vaulters, that's definitely something that they have to get used to of like, oh, now you're jumping. I always call them big boy or big girl heights. Like, right. we're not just going to be able to, to just whip our shoulders over and we'll be fine. Like when you're getting to seven, seven, one, seven, two, like there has to be I always say, once you hit that takeoff, you have to almost turn your brain into slow-mo and just let that, you know, yeah. feel your positions as you go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something that is just definitely the struggle is that patience, because once that adrenaline kicks in, you know, you're feeling really good, your approach is feeling fast. Like that's one of the things that, um, yeah, like it perfect example too, is we, we had our conference indoor conference championship at Albuquerque, brand new facility, brand new track, like really, really nice really, really fast. So mm -hmm. in our pre-meet, we were doing approaches and everybody was coming into the mat super fast, like really close. And I was like, look, y'all are going to have to always remember when you get back to your mark, just take a little bit off, stay a little bit taller in your approach. That's going right. to slow us down. And you're going to have to stay in a good lean to be able to control all of that. Yeah. And that made like all the difference in the world and made us consistent. And so it's just all those little things that you pick up and don't worry, college athletes are, are still the same. They're not very patient. So we're still right. working through a lot of that. But well, yeah, I, you're dead on. I, I, I love it. I, it's, it's good to hear somebody who's been doing high jump and doing this for so long kind of confirm like my, my thoughts and the different things that I'm seeing too. Yeah. Um, well, the, the hard thing about it to me, I, I told him too, I go, uh, I've heard this out of other athletes, right? Other sports. Yeah. When, when you're, you know, I've coached football and, you know, I played football in high school and, and I've been real fortunate to be on some pretty good, you know, teams. And mm -hmm. one of the teams that I was coaching, we went all the way to a, a CIA championship game and, you know, football, like everything else is like, there's a huge learning curve. Like a, say, say you bring in a new defensive coordinator and, and you're fast and you're strong and you can tackle and you do all this stuff. And then they go, okay, we're going to move you from inside linebacker to outside linebacker. And it's like, what? <laughs> What do, what do you want to do that for? You know, it's like, well, we need that for this team. You're, you're fast and you can get to the flat and cover this. And you can, you know, you start mm -hmm. explaining it to them. Well, when they get bogged down with information, the reaction time will slow down. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, Hey, the guy goes in motion. Like, Hey, when the guy goes in motion, you got to widen out and get to the flat. And it's like, Oh, okay. You know, and it's <laughs> like, you can see the gears and everything and it, nothing is quite moving. And then, you know, as they get the reps and everything, all of a sudden the thinking goes away. It's like the guy goes in motion. They start to widen. They don't even think anymore. And then they're doing their job. So mm -hmm. the game at first blush and, and when you're not aware of it is moving really fast. Yep. And then as you get it, 
And as you master it, it almost seems to go the other way where it slows down into slow motion. And I go, I remember those times in my career where everything was on. And like you're saying, it's just like, in a way, it's like it just slowed down. I could feel every part. You know, it's like I'm here and I'm now I'm in the curve and here and boom, and I'm off the ground. And it's like, I'm going to ride that knee. And then, you know, but when I wasn't jumping well, I would run and boom, and I'd be in the pit and I'd be like going, okay, wait, what just happened? You know, yeah, like, what just happened? What did I just do? <laughs> there's no recollection. There's nothing. It was just like, it all happened so fast. I couldn't even pick the parts out. And I'm just like, and I don't know if it was like the, the training or the whatever. And then there's the negativity of when you're not jumping well, you know, it's like a whole different mindset, you know, that, mm -hmm. that confident really on top of things just seems to slow down, you know, and it's like, and then the other paradox, which we were talking about is like, when you amp somebody up and you're like, they're like I said, everything is, is moving faster. And I think that's so wise. What you say is like, okay, you don't even realize it, but you're a blur right now. So mm -hmm. just, just relax. You know, like they're still going to be fast. Like you said, it's a fast yep. surface. They're, they're well-trained, they're explosive and they're, they're going to be there, but it's almost like, cause there's those times when you can just redline it and yep. you know, you're, you're <laughs> off the charts. You're, you're too fast, you know, now yeah. you're just out of control and it doesn't matter. Your training can literally go out the window or you can be you know, like you're saying on that fast surface. Now we're talking about getting farther away, but you don't do that. And all of a sudden you're right on top of it and you're just crashing into it. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah no. And that's, yeah. I think, uh, one of the things, you know, coaching high school, I hear all the time, like, oh man, we got to be a faster in our approach. We got to be able to run faster. We got and pole vaults the same way. Like speed is so crucial. We want to be, you know, Mondo has a 10, 500 meter sprint. So we got to be really, really fast on the runway. You know, my big thing is, is speed is obviously crucial, but if you can't control it, right. it's not going to do you any good. Um, yeah. I got this kid. He is a, he's a 400 hurdle kid, very fast off the line, like very speedy, definitely not a power runner, a speed runner off the gun. And he was just so inconsistent with his step under, out, all over the place. Like, he's like, what's going on? I'm like, it's because you can't control your speed. You're running way too quick for what we're trying to do. Notch it down a couple and just see how the consistency consistency comes together. And then, you know, finally, when we shifted him more to pole vaulting um, later in the season, like he popped up and had like a, a foot PR just because finally wow. he's consistent and getting on, you know, poles that are reacting now to his speed. And right. so high jumps the same way. Like you can be coming in full bore, like, like I said, red lining down your approach, but if you can't control it, yeah. that curve is not going to do you any good. And then you're going to be so close to the mat that you're just yeah. out of control. So. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting. You're talking about, uh, I start working with that and you and I both know, you know, long jumpers. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. You're an inch over the board. So move back an inch and then they're two feet behind and you're like, okay, let's move up. And then they're two feet over and you're like going, oh. okay, dude, it's like, so I'll watch them. I'll watch them do run throughs. And I go, Hey, give me three in a row. They're the same. Exactly. That, I am not going to start adjusting you. I'm not going to start adjusting you right away. You're still in your sweats. We're still warming up, you know, whatever it is. I'm like, yeah. give me a couple and, and show me that you can repeat your pattern, you know, before mm -hmm. I start adjusting you because yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do the same thing at practices, you know, sometimes I watch them go and I'm like, okay, let's see it one more time. Let's just give ourselves two data points here to, to kind of compare to and see where the inconsistency is. 
Um, yeah, pole vault's definitely one of those ones where it's like, that's for me, I do a lot of, and this is probably something that I do probably a little bit different than most pole vault coaches and high jump coaches is I do a lot of sprint technique and running form, mm-hmm. like making sure that we can find that consistency in our approach. Um, because I, I, me as a coach, I hated it as an athlete and I, I'm not a fan of it as a coach going into a meet being like, well, I don't know if this kid's going to be under all day today or out all day today, or, you know, right under the bar, or right out too far out. And so yeah. I try and say, let's control the things that we can control. Our consistency in our approach is one of those things that we can control pretty much anywhere we go. And that's just going to help us get into that groove and feel comfortable no matter indoor, outdoor nationals, you know, dual meet against, you know, BYU right. is down the street from us. Yeah. And so that's something we hit on really, really hard in the fall um, that, that just kind of benefits us through the rest of the season, because then it's really easy to like, okay, I need you to move out half a shoe. I need you to move back half a shoe. And then I know like when we make those adjustments, they're going to be right on as opposed to like, yeah. like you said, they're going to be two feet under or two feet out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was, this is something that I've just started putting in to my training this last year. And I don't know why I've never thought of it before. I've mm. seen a lot of coaches work with wickets, you know. Uh, I, I, we hit wickets probably once a week at least. Yeah, trying to eliminate, you know, low heel recovery, right? So I, mm. I want to get, I want to get your feet up, you know, close to your butt so that that knee will come through quicker and, you know, all myriad reasons. But yeah, I've, I've done that and I like, I like it and I use it, you know, whenever I can. But then mm-hmm. I also, I was like, you know, I hate putting out cones and wickets. <laughs> so, <laughs> so do I. So it's I'm such like, a pain. <laughs> it's such a pain. So you know, the thing that's beautiful about being on the football stadiums is you got those hash marks. Yeah. So I've I've started using the hash marks, and I'll go look just for pure, uh, what well, I call it agility, uh, quickness agility, or speed agility, or mm-hmm. um, NMS, neuromuscular stimulation. Right. Just I go, hey, let's go down the hashes and go right foot on the hash left foot in between right foot on the other hash like i want you to hit your right foot on every hash mark and just i go you're not yep. going to be going, you're not going to be going fast you're going to be moving fast you're going to be yep. as fast as you can go but it's like doing a ladder but you're mm-hmm. doing a forward ladder and i go and you need to hit every line you know and you first time i'm watching these are pretty good athletes i'm like dude you did i go I'm an old man. Watch this. And I go, I'll get every single one. I'm like, I want this precise. I, I want you to be fast. I want you to be precise. And then I'm like, well, then I'll move it. And I do, unfortunately, have to use cones for that. But you go, if I go every one and then I go, okay, let's double it. So now it's just right foot on every hash or right and left on every hash. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you go, now it's let's go one and a half, you know, but the interesting thing I've found about that is, is, First of all, there's the neuromuscular stimulation part, which for everybody is going to, you know, there's the guy, I can't spit this out. The, the speed equation that I was taught, you know, at, in, uh, at UCLA as an undergrad in kinesiology was, uh, your speed is your stride rate times your stride length, right? Mm -hmm. Simple calculation. You know, you're taking 10 strides per second or whatever, and you've got a stride length of two feet. You, You just do the multiplication. You go, and it, it became easy for me. And when I learned that, I go, okay, so if I have the same turnover as somebody else and I'm my strides are of a quarter inch longer, you are faster. You are covering more ground with the same amount of strides, the same rate, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So 
you we're talking about the ability to be consistent and to get those stride lengths set. And, you know, like you're saying, you got the, these sprinters that are so fast, you're like, they're getting out of the blocks and just, boom, they're getting their stride length, you know, and they're, they're doing mm -hmm. fast, low drive. They're not cycling, they're getting out and they're staying low. And when they finally come up and start to stride out and extend their strides a little bit, then we both know there's a, there's a range in there where you can be overstriding. Yep. And as soon as you overstride, your speed starts to drop. But if you go too short, you know, I, I keep watching uh, still old films of Carl Lewis and, you know, Usain Bolt. You watch them, Usain Bolt gets out of the blocks better than Carl used to, and, mm -hmm. and he's actually taller. But, you know, Carl Lewis was never great out of the blocks. But once he got going and his stride length established itself, because a lot of those short little jack dudes that would just, you know, <laughs> they get out of there and they're, but they would get up to max turnover pretty quick you know, yep. 20 meters. And then, and that's it. That's there's, there's no faster mm -hmm. after that. Your stride length is set and your turnovers the same. And so there you go. And then you'd see Carl start to pull because he would have that, he would be stretching out. And I think his stride rate would keep going up. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, meet me, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, anyway, the, it's a long discussion, but the, the hashes I found is a good way to not only get the neuromuscular stimulation in, but also as I keep stretching, because some people can handle almost a two yard stride length and still get a turnover and other yeah. guys, you can see it drop down. So that's one way that I've been trying to find to use to, you know, help with the rhythm and everything, mm -hmm. you know, it has to get, be a set rhythm in their head, yeah. whichever yeah. one. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that it's, that's kind of the toughest thing, especially as you're bringing in just like field athletes or pole vaulters, like pole vaults getting a lot better with all the clubs that are popping up everywhere. And they're doing a lot more sprint work and stride length work and different things. But, you know, they just, they don't know how to, to put all those, their bodies in those positions and make those things happen, like how to turn over quicker and how to, you know, push out those first couple, you know, steps, because it's, something they've never really done before. And so, you know, it's just all those little nuances that, you know, you work through in the fall and then it's like, we're strength training, we're doing all these things to make ourselves powerful and strong and then be able to control it. And then we get into our approaches and it's like, shoot, I feel like I'm, I'm rolling down this, this, this approach, you know, this apron or this runway and I feel strong and fast and I feel confident going into my step every single time. And, yeah, you know, that's really the end goal is, I, I try not to be a cookie cutter coach of like, no, we have to do it this way. This is mm -hmm. how I'm going to teach you. This is how every single athlete does it because every athlete's different. And so for me, I I've measured high jump steps like four or five different ways. Um, but I found, I think it was out of Australia. I was always told if you're, you're not really trying to coach really good, if you're not stealing stuff from other coaches. So <laughs> right. I found this, this formula that takes into account their stride length, their attack angle, their distance along the bar and their distance away from the bar. And you put in all these different numbers into this formula and it puts out like their what's called an intercept step. Mm -hmm. It's essentially the, where you initiate your curve. And then from that spot, it's five total steps into the, into the, um, into your takeoff spot. Right. And then I tell them from behind that mark in your straight portion, you can do five steps. You can do seven, 10, whatever, as long right. as we're hitting that mark and we're carrying and have the speed we need to go into our curve and, and go ahead and accelerate from there. Yeah. Yeah.
So wow. yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good. Like I gave it a go last season just to kind of see, cause I was like, well, I've got these other ones in my pocket if this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And my athletes told me later that when I told them about this, they're like, he's crazy. This isn't going to work. Like it's just funky math. Like, but when it all like worked within like a foot or a half foot to a you know foot of where they needed to be, like they were all like, yep, this is exactly, you know, help us yeah. be consistent. So Wow. Been, yeah. Well, it was, I'm going really to steal, have to steal that one from you. I, I actually got something for a couple of years ago from one of my, uh, my athletes, um, mm-hmm. Seth Johnson, his dad, Scott was a jumper and Seth just got a full ride up to Berkeley and he ended up winning the state meet this year in the high jump. So okay. actually I have a state champ now in the high jump, but it was like, he was, uh, he only jumped six, seven. It was a really weird meet. They had a, for California, it was, you know, mm-hmm. not a great final, but it was like, terrible winds i heard and just all these mm. things and seth yeah. is super bendy but his dad anyway went to i think they went to um wherever the meet is back in the midwest where um fosbury is still king the uh, his own, where is it his own meet right remember. yeah yeah he's got his own moin or something like that I yeah i think that's it where it's at yeah he's and, and he's like the grand high poobah right like everybody comes mm-hmm. up and bows down kiss the ring you know <laughs> it's like the whole yeah thing. exactly and, yeah. and so somehow he found out from fosbury this this kind of kind of what you're saying it's a, a formula that helps to um tell you where to to measure the mm-hmm. curve from you know and it, it has uh i took two of them he had one that was set for like 11 feet and one that was set for 16 and i i've used the formula and interpolated all the distances in between yeah. you know like by six inches obviously not every inch or millimeter but um right. gone you know in between those two and i found that one's was pretty good mm-hmm. but you know i i've thought that for years too i'm like i've asked that question to a lot of people i asked it to doug nordquist you know i asked um Alan uh, Hankel, his coach, when when Doug jumped seven eight and a half or seven eight three quarters, um, he he was telling me something about you know I can't even explain it. You know, I'm just like <laughs> what? And then Alan was the first guy that used to time Doug's approaches to see you know if the speed was right. And you're like, hey, this right. this just not fast enough for this height or whatever, you know. And I'm I'm like, I still I don't know that I've ever ever gotten to that point but then i've never had anybody seven eight um but <laughs> yeah what was true. it there was something else that popped in my head about that that whole thing um mm-hmm. oh your the attack angle was something that that i find really really interesting because mm-hmm. i i'm just convinced and i i haven't i don't have enough empirical evidence like at the higher levels but i i have so many years like you said of experience Mm-hmm. And I, I'm looking at, it, I'm like, the one thing that's driving me nuts is when I get a kid who's planting their plant foot on the same line that they were running on. So they're running and they're attacking, say, the back left corner, if you're a left mm-hmm. like me. And I'll teach them, I, I, I'm okay with you attacking that back left corner. But when you plant your foot, I'm like, I want you to plant your foot parallel to the bar, mm-hmm. not, not angled in. Because they go, oh, my, my other coach told me to do this. I'm like, well, I think your other coach is crazy. And I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to tell you, you know, with all due respect, I'm like, I just don't think as I'm coming in on that angle, mm-hmm. my hips are closed. It's like being a batter with a closed stance. Yeah. By the time I go to hit, I've got, if I don't open my stance, I am never going to come around and hit anything. You know, I can right. the far corner of the plate, 
fine, but you pitched me inside. I'm going to get jammed. So I'm like, it's almost the same thing. Here I come. My hips are closed. I'm like, I got to get that knee drive up and around. I'm like, right. I have my hips closed here. How am I going to do that? And I see people jump some pretty decent heights doing that. But I keep thinking in my head, I'm like, you know, you'd jump a lot higher if you got your hips to parallel because now my shoulders and my hips are already perpendicular and I can get that knee right. up and across and get my back to the bar. I'm like, you have to do a lot more work. You yeah. Know, hips are closed. Yeah. I mean, and that's, um, that's something that I looked into a ton too. Cause you know, coming through high school and then coaching high school, you hear all sorts of stuff like, Oh, you need, your foot needs to, you know, you need to start already be twisting away from the bar as you're getting there. Like, I've heard parallel yeah, like heard, their arms, you know, shoulders turning like this as they're playing. Mm -hmm. right? I've seen. Some yeah. Of, yeah. And so it's, it's just been, you know, I, for me with each athlete, I, I kind of look at and see what they're doing initially. Um, you know, Aiden is one that he sticks, you know, his foot gets pretty parallel to the bar and, you know, it gets his body into a great position and he has the strength and the ability to, from that position, jump as opposed to like somebody that's maybe not as strong as Aiden, just with trying to twist that ankle and that foot to that position, they just don't have the ability to really yeah. generate all the way up. So, um, you know, I've seen, um, and I can't remember the, the coach out of Colorado state. Um, he talked about, you know, you want that foot pointing to, you know, that back corner because that way it's a more natural position for you to be able to jump vertically and then the curve and the knee drive is what helps twist you around in the air. And I was like, mm -hmm. that's an interesting concept for sure. You know, and if that's the way the athlete is trained and they're really emphasizing that knee drive and, you know, that body yeah. you know, movement, then that's obviously going to work. And so I try and, you know, like I said, if it's, if it's not broke and we're still jumping really, really well, like yeah. I'm not going to yeah. fix it unless we need to make some adjustments or I feel like, we're traveling too much along the bar and I want you to go a little bit deeper. Maybe we'll change that angle just a hair. Yeah, so right. we're going a little bit deeper as opposed to traveling super right. far along the bar. So, yeah. um, and that's, you know, I feel like that's for me is, um, one of my biggest things with my athletes is just communication. They know that they can come to me and be like, Hey coach, we're trying this out. It doesn't feel comfortable. doesn't feel right to me. Like, can we adjust and make the, you know, the change? And I'll say, yeah, let's give it a go. If it's yeah. getting us to the positions we need to, like, I'm fine with rolling with that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I challenge my athletes to be students of the game and to research and look at film and be, and they're, I, my doors are always open for them to be like, Hey, look, like this isn't working for me. Can we change or adjust things and do this mm -hmm. or try this? Um, and I'm humble enough as a coach to know like, Hey, I'm not going to shut them down right away. I'm going to say, let's give it a go and practice and see how we do. Right. You may not get your way at the end because it's not doing what we want, but right. um, yeah. And so that's, I think that's something that is, you know, been really beneficial for us because um, our top jumper, Seth Krause, who's another kid, I think he's from Bakersfield. Um, majority mm -hmm. of my high jumpers are from California. So. Right. <laughs> um, and so he, um, he gets really, really, he gets a great body position going up and over the bar and that's what's helped him jump uh you know seven two and he's going to be pushing to seven four hopefully seven five this next season right um just because he does get his body into that position and i from the film that i remember he does get parallel but it's slightly slightly open it probably like 10 degrees off that parallel line so mm -hmm. um you know like i said if it's it's working for him and his he gets his body into the positions he needs yeah. to be in 
Um, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cookie cutter them into yeah. to something, especially because they've worked with great coaches before and that's right. what's working for them. So I know that the, the one thing I'm, I'm sure that a lot of coaches are worried about is the ankle tweaks, you know? So it's like, mm -hmm. you're coming in really sharp and then you really put that foot like a yeah. rapid change. My, my brain always says, like you said, there's, it's a five-step curve. And then every once in a while, I have an athlete that goes four, like Jack White <laughs> was a four stepper because he worked with Dwight Stones. So mm -hmm. he, all the Dwight's, Dwight, all his kids are going to do the same thing he did. So it's, it's a four step curve. And I'm always like, how do you start a curve on your other foot? I'm like, I don't, right. I, I can't, I don't get it, but if you want to do it, okay. And that changes a lot of my drills. Cause I'm like, you know, it used to be a zero step and then a one and then a three and, mm -hmm. a five. and so Jack was always like, can I go two? I'm like, wait uh okay is it so i've had to learn but it's like <laughs> yeah you know that that whole thing and you know the ankle position that's one thing but you were talking about um not cookie cuttering and yeah. i think you know you coaches out there and again if if we haven't talked about this in a while i need to get my my manager telling me when to take breaks and I, i'm trying to get some sponsors for this this podcast so i gotta right. let go we're gonna take a break but um i will I want to be able this is raise the bar with Troy Haynes, by the way, that I was trying to get to. Um, and our guest is Mike Ashton from Utah Valley University. And um, we've been talking about, um, you know, training high jump and pole vault. And we're getting kind of technical here. Um, yeah. the, the thing about not being a cookie cutter uh, is so interesting to me because, you know, I was a classic double arm pump gather, you know, and I used to try to teach that to everybody because I was like, I wasn't a big fan of the single arm. So yeah. I, when I was when I was 84, I was a sophomore at UCLA and I was right in LA for the Olympics and I got to see Mogenberg. And, you know, I would try to make those trials, even though at, at the start of the season, I didn't even know that was a goal. Like I was a 6'10 jumper in high school and my first year at UCLA was 83 and I was terrible. My freshman year was awful. So uh, my sophomore year, all of a sudden everything clicked and I jumped you know, seven feet for the first time, jump seven, two for the first time to good jumps at seven, four. And all of a sudden somebody goes, Hey, you know, the Olympic try high, it's only seven, four and a quarter. And I was like, Oh really? Like it wasn't even on my radar. Right. Like, <laughs> before that season, I hadn't jumped seven feet. My goal was to jump seven feet. And really my goal was to jump seven, two. So I could be on scholarship. Yeah. I remember when I first got there, Bob Larson, <laughs> I asked him, I said, what does it take to be on scholarship? And he kind of chuckled. And then I'm still looking at him like, what are you laughing? And he goes, well, if you jump seven, two, we'll talk. So when I jumped seven, two, I was sitting in his office that following Monday and he comes in and he goes, you want some money? And I go, yeah. So like, let, let go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And he honored his word, which I, I tell that story all the time. I go that that was classy. And, but uh, the Olympics and all that stuff was not even on my radar, but I was obviously all about it. Cause you know, it, it's happening in your backyard. And I got to watch Mogenberg and, and even I think Joburg was also a single armor, you know? And I'm like, I go, well, the only people that are successful in my brain at that time and i'm saying only in quotes now because i've been doing this for so long <laughs> the only guys that are doing that are the guys that are six eight and they weigh like a hundred and thirty pounds i'm like look right. at Mogenberg; <laughs> he's the skinniest guy i've ever seen mm -hmm. and he would just run off the ground and i'm like he just kind of noodles his way over i'm like i didn't get it you know so i was like it's got to be this classic double pump now I'm like trying to create single armors. I'm like mm -hmm. looking at it, you know, cause I watched Derek drown in 2016 when he won the Olympics and he beat two of the best jumpers I've ever seen in their primes, both, you know, um, uh, the guy from Qatar and uh, Barshim. 
He beat Barshim, and and I think Barshim might have been a little bit dinged up, but you know, he, mm-hmm. it's like football. You, you can't get to the big games without being a little dinged right. up. Exactly. And then Mogen or not Mogenberg, um, Bondarenko. So yep. you got these two guys who both jumped 7, 11 and a half in the same meet once, right? And you're <laughs> like, dude, these guys are serious. And then Derek Drown on that day was losing to no one. Like every jump that I watched that him did, I'm like, who is this guy? And he's just flying up there and he shows me a classic double arm and then it goes up as a single. I'm like, why would you gather? And then, you know, and so I've learned, I've, I've stopped trying to be so, I, I should say I'm trying to learn. I'm trying not to be so dogmatic and go, this is the only way that this thing works, right? Yeah. Because like you said, there's so many different athletes, so many different body lengths and speeds and, and amount of pop and whatever it is that they have. Right. Like some people can go gather and drive both arms up. Some guys go single, you know, Fosbury ran the exact opposite. And I've, I tell the kids, I I'll show them all of them. I'll go, okay, <laughs> these are like four different ways you can use your arms at takeoff. And there's many variations in between, but these are the basics. Mm-hmm. And I go doing the Fosbury. I'd show it to him. I go, I can't get like three inches off the ground doing that. But I'll show it to you. <laughs> and I'll put. Yeah, the <laughs> you're like if it works for you. We'll if it works it, for you, but... I, I'm happy to work with it. You know, but it's like yeah. rare. You don't usually see every once in a while. It's it's been I've had a couple kids run off the ground like that, and I'm like, okay, let's go yeah. with that. You know, and sometimes we go, like, I think I'll try this, and and they try something else, and maybe they have a little more success. I'm like, okay, we can do that. Um, but like, just last year, I went to Mount Sac and I watched. Um, there was a kid that has left Texas, uh, either Texas A&M or Texas, I can't, I think it's Texas A&M. They have a good program, right? Lots mm-hmm. of good jumpers. And yep. uh, this kid from SC, Seals, I think his name is, he jumped seven, yep. six and a half, right? Yep. So we're watching him and uh, nobody keeps moving back as the bar is going up, which was really interesting. And then the kid from Texas, I, I had told people, for years, I go, I don't think anybody's ever going to jump higher than seven, three scraping their foot on the ground, you know, yep. like a low <laughs> heel recovery and, sh- you know, and scraping a hole in their, with, through their big toe, through their shoe and everything. <laughs> I've seen those people tape them up yep. and I'm like, that's never going to work. You're slowing down, you're lowering, blah, blah, blah. And that day he jumped seven, five and a half, he jumped <laughs> five and a quarter or something, yeah. scraping his foot. And I was like, Okay, I got to eat my words yet again. <laughs> somebody did jump higher than you thought they could doing what you think is you know, not the best technique. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, <laughs> talking about technical. Nobody realizes it when they first do it. Everybody likes high jumping because it's fun. <laughs> you yeah, go, exactly. Okay, yeah, that's... it's great. But you got to think about this. <laughs> yep. No, and uh, yeah, that's one of the things that I'm working on with Aiden right now because he's doing the scrape again. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, Aiden, think about it. Like that is your indication that you're either stretching too far on your last step or you're sinking too much in your penultimate. Like I'm okay with like it barely scraping, but at the, at the end of the day, like we have to be able to not do that. He's like, okay. Like it made sense to him in his brain. Like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'm either really low in my penultimate and I'm not going to be able to pop off the ground or I'm stretching too far. And so you know, that's just, you know, those small little things you pick up, you know, doing high jump and it's, you know, I'm a, I, it sounds like you're a big film junkie. I'm a big film junkie too. I try and do film days after competitions and then every so often after practice days, just so that we can slow things down and really break things down and then compare, like, this is what these guys and these jumpers are doing right now. Like, this is where we're at. What adjustments do we need to make? Um, 
you know, because I'm a very visual guy too. Like I film all the time at practice and I love watching because for me, that's where I get to see the whole thing come together. Right. right. Um, Cause you kind of touched on it. I feel like something I picked up in pole vault from Sean Francis, who's a big, he does the team hoot, you know, podcasts and everything. He said that pole vault is an order of operations event. He's like, if your approach is off, your takeoff is going to be off. And then everything else is just going to be difficult from that point on. And right. I just stole it and said, high jumps the same exact way. Like if you don't have your approach intact, if you're not in a good position to take off, like you're just making everything else after that so much harder. Yeah. So yeah. I really emphasize a lot of that with them of like, we need to be hitting these positions and working on this early in the season, because now when we're getting reps in our practices at full approach and we're getting competition reps, like the timing and everything will start to fall together as long as we're consistent with these things. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that low foot scrape. Um, <laughs> the thing that I think about it is I go, I, I always tell the kids, I go, look, who's got the advantage, the tall high jumper, or the small one, they go, well, the, the tall guy, I go, why? He's got a higher center mass. I'm like, okay, now, if you're a short jumper, I go, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna stand you on your tiptoes. Number one, your calves are going to become really good because we're going to work on them. And then I'm going to teach you how to get your knees up and how to cycle like crazy because I want your center of mass to get higher and higher before you leave the ground, right? So that was where the wickets came in for me finally because I'm like, I can teach them how to cycle when we're running technique-wise, doing A skip, yep. skip. I'm like, get your feet to your butt, feet to your butt. That's I worked with little Baru Elias who was a, a great jump coach at Long Beach City mm -hmm. and he just would hammer that at us. We did the running drills every day and I'm like, it, it could get tedious, but it was like, you know what? I watched Brian Stanton jump seven, eight, and his cycling was gorgeous. I mean, just this high loping looked like one of those. Um, he looked like a quarter miler. He yeah. had that loping, you know, graceful high cycling, you know, and he was six, four or five anyway. And, yeah. you know, when you saw that, you're like, well, there's no wonder he jumped seven, eight. Look at him. He says, you don't mm -hmm. even have to move that high. You just <laughs> yeah. kind of fall, you know, gracefully. So, you know, I'm teaching them that. And then it's like the the wickets on the curve really have helped that because if you put that that last one right before and they got to get their foot over it, if they if they scrape, they'll whip that wicket right off the yeah. ground and then right up. You know, it. Yeah. And they, you know, then you're like, nope, that's not going to work, you know, and that, uh, it's crazy, too, that the the penultimate step is a big one. I've been telling the kids, I go, look. And this is the way it works for my brain. I go, and I'll overemphasize the whole thing with them. I go, let's do all five steps of your curve. But I'm like, if you're down here, you're taking long strides, long strides. I go, you're down here, right? Mm -hmm. And then I go, on that last one, you put it down short, you're already coming up. I go, you're coming up at plant. I go, think of all the horrible jumps you've had where you were tall and fast and, and kind of bouncy. And then you decided to reach out and power. I mean, you overstride, like you said, your center mass mm -hmm. drops and that front, your leg bends to a really bad angle, you know, because once you get past a certain amount of degrees, it's, yeah. you're not coming out of there with any, nope, you're you stuck, know? you're yep. stuck. And I go, you, those are the ones that you come up and you give it everything. You're like, oh God, I gave it everything. And, and <laughs> in the long jump, they go, oh, 14, five, you're like, I'm a 19 footer. I'm like, yeah. And you just took a 20 foot long at Puno, you know, your last step. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't react, you know? So it's like, that's a tough one. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, and you know, everybody's, everybody's a little different. There's a, which high jumper is he? I'm terrible with names. And so there's a high jumper, um, Olympic high jumper. And 
He's a shorter guy, and he stretches that leg further than I see most guys stretching out his jump leg. But he just like pogo's off the ground, and it's just because he that's probably his technique, and that's what he's been doing for so long. And he has yeah. the strength and the ability to just get from that position. Yeah, you know, and that's you know that's something that I always try and tell him too is like find somebody that is comparable to what you're doing and learn the small little things that they're doing. And maybe you'll have an epiphany of like, this is why my, I'm not getting my hips up all the way. Maybe this is why my knee drives not working Mm -hmm. like it should. Um, Just becoming students of, of high jump. There's so much, like you said, you know, you get kids to come out because it's fun and you get to jump on pads and all that fun stuff. And you don't have to do as much running as say the, you know, the 400 (laughs) kids. Yeah. They like that. yeah yeah that's i mean my high jumpers i i've toned it down this year last year we i kind of went with the uh we're gonna we're gonna condition you guys and get you in shape kind of deal and you know we didn't go over 300 meters but still it was it was a little brutal for some of them but um (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know it's 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 it can get really technical especially when you start caring and loving it so much like it's just endless of the the little things that we can adjust and change to to get the most out of it. So yeah, I I like what you're saying about the the film junkie part because I'm <laughs> it's it's so weird, uh, Mike. I go back in in time and and I can't find any video of me. Yeah. There's nothing. You know, I jumped in the '80s in in high school. '82 was my senior year. You know, I was I was done and off the team UCLA. I went straight through four years, 86. I'm done and out. You know, I kept jumping until 92. I have nothing. I have I have a few VCR tapes that I, I can't even find a VCR to play them on. And so, you know, this this revolution of the Internet and the the cell phone. I mean, my, mm-hmm. I use my cell phone. My cell phone has 8000 videos on it <laughs> yeah, exactly. right now trying to get rid of some I'm like okay yep. I get I gotta organize these I'm, I'm going <laughs> back and this is like a project I could I could spend 10 hours a day five days a week and I would still have 7,000 videos left <laughs> like so I'm looking at it going oh this is a great example of this so I'm trying to create mm-hmm. folders and you know and, and it seems like the computer is always fighting me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my wife says google it I'm like okay I google it how do I do that I'm like sense. I try it it doesn't work I'm like Ugh. but I mean I've got a wealth of you know video and like i love what you said about find some i'll tell people i go you need to find a comp you know you hear that all the time in sports radio what you know what's what's their comp i'm like you need to find someone comparable to you or something that you see that you like and you do Mm -hmm. that i'm like so uh, we're talking about layout styles there's this one one gal that i found i found so much stuff on instagram i'm, I'm the biggest yeah. fan ever. instagram's awesome <laughs> I, i've been able to kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit you know yep. he's a real open giver away of information i could i could throw some names out there i go you really got to fight or just yep. watch their athletes and try to figure out what they're doing but um mm-hmm. this gal her name was betsabi Paez, and she's five six maybe <laughs> five five you know beautiful high cycling everything else she's a single armor first of all she jumped five ten and a half or five eleven which to me is as short as she is right she's one of those ones who takes the arm up and then wraps it all the way around to her heel and (laughs) head back and she's in this perfect teardrop it's just beautiful and the first time i saw it i was like wow i go that is so nice it's not rushed 
she takes it all the way up to the top, you know, and then wraps around. And I go, I wonder what that position is like, you know, because I think if you're anything like me, when you have the kids do that back arch with both hands on the ground and they hit that same position. And I remember I had I had my kid, Kevin, um, ask Aiden one time about Kevin Schmidt, Kevin, okay. Schmidt, the, the kid that I trained at, at Los Al, and he's pretty bendy. So we were doing backovers one time and I said, what if you left your arms back instead of, you know, I've been trying to get my guys to pop their hips pull mm -hmm. their hands down and pull their hips up at the same time. I go, which is again, one way to do it. <laughs> I go, yep. yeah. You can, I go, the main Wrap thing around. I want to do is get you tall at takeoff. And I, I'm trying to teach arms as high up as possible with the yep. knee. But I go, once that toe leaves the ground, you need to get small. I'm going, you're going to go from tall to small so we can spin. Because if you're long, yep. I had this kid try this yesterday, one of my multis. He's got these long arms. He's 6'3", and he just... When he, I'm telling you, the first day I'd seen him jump, I'm like, he hit his takeoff and I'm like, dude, don't change a thing. I go, <laughs> I want that knee drive up there and those arms like that. Perfect. I go, now I go finish like that. And then I'll teach you how to, you know, reverse ball up so we can spin. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This Kevin did this one. And I go, what if we leave the arms back there? So this is my, my, I'm, I'll let you go. But this is, <laughs> I want to get. I want to get, um, have you ever seen those trapeze training things where they have the ropes Yep. On and they teach them how to flip? Uh -huh. I want to do that at, with the bar and have them throw their hands up and behind, right? Like jump up and then reach and then learn how to flip all the way around. Instead of ever coming out of this position, just yep. hold it all the way around until you land on your stomach. That's, um, I actually, I actually have my high jumpers do that. Um, uh -huh. I just have them do backflips on the pit where, you know, they have to feel like they're arching all the way around and they mm -hmm. hold that, that rotation position and land on their stomach. Yeah. Um, just because it, it gets them used to that feeling of rotating your hips around as opposed right. to just like getting up and then trying to snap. And then you're just stalling out at the top of the bar and coming right. down. Um, you know, there are some kids that are some and even at the college level afraid to do backflips but yeah. you know and one of the things my it's crazy my six four high jump girl she she pr last year jumped five eight and pushing five nine trying to qualify for first rounds she couldn't get things together um but she, over the summer she was in hawaii and she was cliff jumping and she's like i started doing gainers and she's like in my brain it clicked like my knees rotating in the gainer is helping me rotate at a good clip. And she's like, that's what's moving my center of mass. She's like, in high jump, I got to do the same thing. I'm like, I've been telling you this all season, but <laughs> right. it finally clicked that like yeah. the heat, the knees and just rotating those hips around are just so important. And yeah, I do those high jump. I do those backflip drills all the time. And it, they're great. It's especially for multis that are just starting to pick up high jump. It's yeah. that's the basic movement. And they, you know, figure that out. And, you know, one of the things, you know, we go to college meets all the time and we see these kids that are basically almost doing backflips all the way around. And I'm like, right. That might be a little too much, but that's essentially the same idea is yeah. we want your head, your hips and your knees to get above your head and shoulders because yes. that's what's going to finish the rotation. Yeah. And I, I call that this position, right? When you're, yeah. you're this high, you, I go, mm -hmm. look, to put a clock on them, put, put a, I, you can draw it on my, I use a V1 golf analyzer so I put <laughs> it because I can draw on it. Right. So yep. put a circle around them like a clock and I go, here it is. And I go, I want your head and your feet at nine and three. 
with that yeah. high arch in between. I yeah. go, that is the beginning of a good layout. I go, if you hold that and now you're at, and it depends on which way you're looking. It's either three and nine, right. three right for left or right <laughs> footer. So, yeah. but I go, if your head gets past your feet and you're up here, now we're in heaven. You just rotate mm -hmm. up and out. Your feet kick up and out like they're nowhere close to the bar. And you you do that flip where you land around almost like on your stomach. But I go, yep. but if we're the other way, where you're like 12 and six or 11 and five, I go, if you're if you're still in your vertical and you're laying out, we, you're never going to rotate around. Yep. You're dead. You know, yeah. And you got to keep that one's huge. I yeah, mean, that's like, that's a that's a great way to like visually show how to get into those positions. Cause you know, one of the things that I learned really early on right out of college coaching high school was like, just because it makes sense in my brain when I explain it one way, it may only make sense to one out of the six athletes that I'm working yep. with. Absolutely. And so I've, I've really just like every day, as I think about these things, I'm trying to think of like, what's the better way and an easier way or a different way to explain it so that they, something clicks in their brain and it makes sense to them as opposed to like, yes we're just not communicating and understanding each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, I love that. That's awesome. Or you're, or you're teaching the air, right? I'm, I'm, yeah. like, I'm teaching the air because this is not going through. You can tell like when you're talking to oh, someone, kids, the eyes wander off. Cause yep. I'm a talker. You can tell I'm a talker. So I'm like, I'm, the same boat. I'm, looking, go. I'm like, okay, I lost you. Right. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, let's, let's simplify this a little bit. Right. Like, yeah. okay. That's, that's one of my biggest goals as a coach is I try not to coach barf is what I call it. Like, huh? At practice, we can get away with giving you two, three things technical wise, but at meets, my goal is like, okay, one thing one. and then yep. you're good. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, those are the fun little things that you learn coaching that you're just like, yeah. as an athlete, like it's not even on your radar. <laughs> some, some days they're having great days, right. And they're just picking mm -hmm. stuff up. So you do one thing and they got it. You go, okay, we got that. Now let's do yep. this. And they do that. And you're like, okay, we got this and this, let's do this. Yep. And there's times I'm like, okay, wait, you we might want to slow down and make sure that that's in there, you know, before. Yeah, you're like, did we, have we high jumped before? <laughs> yeah. It's because we did the one, you know, the one time that knee drive finally came around and like, Oh good. You got it. Now let's move on. Cause I'm, mm -hmm. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> it's like the seminal event, you know? And then it's like, no, no, we, we should hammer that down a few times, you know, before yeah. we jump in. I love that. That's, that's another great uh, point out there. Again, you're listening to raise the bar. This is Mike Ashton from Utah Valley university. And a great insight is, you know, really for an athlete, one thing at a time, you know, like yep, exactly. You, and how many times my best adjustments as a coach have all been like that. It's like, mm -hmm. and it, it sounds easy to go, okay, don't change anything, but just do this one thing, you know, and sometimes it, it can be as simple as I want you to move back two inches. Sometimes it can be like, I want you to get that knee up and just to you, it's going to feel like you're leaving it up for an extra five seconds. In real time, it might be two one thousandths of a second that you're going to leave yep. that knee up longer. And it's going to be the difference, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, and you get them to do that change because it, I don't know how many times it's just so clear to you. Like you're watching it and it's like, okay, this is it. It's like, I can't even wait till they're done. I'm like, okay, okay, you missed. Come here. <laughs> exactly. You do this and you're over you know, and you'll see them. And once that's happened with them a couple of times, then they trust you. And then it's like, then from, from there, you're just, it's gold. You know, you're yeah. like, you, you call enough of those and then it's like, okay, what are, what are we fixing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, 
you know, one of, I'm sure my, my athletes are going to listen to this podcast after I'm done, but one of my things that I always say to them and they absolutely roll their eyes and just laugh, like they hate it, but it's true is, you know, when I, when I give them that small adjustment, everything just like falls into place or we do a plyo drill or something that just finally clicks. And they're like, this is like, this is exactly what I need. I'm always like, it's almost like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. They, they absolutely hate it. Yeah. I say it out of sarcasm just because like it's, you know, you as a coach, you're trying to put everything together and you're hoping things are going to click. And then when it does, and they're like, I can't believe I haven't figured this out. And then you're just like, it's almost like I know what I'm doing. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my pole vaulters, they hear the same thing too. In competition, it's even better because that just like lightens the mood right away, you know, like. Yeah. When they finally get it on their third attempt, they've been stressing about it. And you're just like, it's almost like I know what I'm talking about. And then they're just like instantly like in that relaxed yeah. mode of like, I can attack this next height now. So the the classic for me is I'm I'm using I use two people as my uh fix things guys. One is surprising for some of you is Yoda. I <laughs> I have so many Yodaisms, it's it's kind of scary. And so I remember I had a girl, my first year of coaching, I'm at Orange Coast College and I, I have a, a gal who's a five, four, five, five, you know, jumper coming out of high school, which is pretty good at the JC level. So we, we mm -hmm. got really lucky. Her name was Elizabeth Bauer. She ended up going to UCI, but she's, she's jumping with me. And this is my first year. I mean, I'm literally just done at UCLA and she's, she's just head everything everything's a battle you know why are we doing this i don't understand why we're doing that and i'm just like i'm like you know and i i don't know about you but i don't just go hey i'm troy haynes i i jumped seven three and a half who are you you know like did you go to nc2a finals no but you know i'm not that kind of guy i'm just like yeah, i'm like okay she doesn't know me from adam and i'm not it's not going to help if i start yeah. giving a litany of all the great things that i've done so i'm like all mm -hmm. right I'm like, I need to find another way. So we're bad button heads. And then we go to a meet on a weekend um, and I, some kind of an invite. I think it was a UC Riverside. And she, there's a guy that I worked with. He was one of the multis at UCLA. I did a little bit of volunteer work in, in 87, the year after I got off the team. And I can't even remember the guy's name. And he comes walking up. They knew each other. He comes walking up. She goes, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then she's kind of like, Oh yeah, this is my coach. <laughs> you know, like, you know, and I'm st I see him walk up. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you know, we do bro hug, and then he he looks at me and he looks at her and he goes, "Is this the guy that you've been telling me about that's coaching you? The one that you know?" And she looks like this to me, and she's you can see she's like, "Uh oh," and he goes. <laughs> you do everything he tells you <laughs> you just right. and, and from then on it was like you know it was golden but i remember there was one one day she said something and i go she goes um i said do this and she goes well that's not what i learned and i looked at her and i could feel my ears drop and i did my best yoda and i said you must unlearn what you have learned <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. My my uncle it. happened to be at that practice for some reason. He he almost never came and watched me work, but he he started laughing. He turned his head and started laughing. He goes, he goes, I can't believe you used Yoda on her. I'm like, hey, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever gets it done, you know. Yeah. yeah, no, and you know, that's my my first season coming into college. That was like my biggest. I knew that I was gonna have athletes that were gonna kind of fight me and push me and challenge me a little bit. 
because I, I mean, I don't have, you know, the college, you know, top tier finalists in NCAA, all of that accolades to kind of, you know, have me as a reputation, but, you know, I came in and I just said, Hey, look, like you guys haven't had a coach. I've been doing this for a really long time. Just trust. Let's develop at least a baseline of trust and give these things a go. If yeah. it's not working, come to me. We can totally readjust. I'll find something that works for you. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was high jump was good. High jump. They, I feel like all of them bought in pretty well. Like they obviously didn't voice like their concerns of how crazy I sounded, but it worked <laughs> out. Um, but my pole vault crew, there was, you know, I had two seniors that were wrapping up their time. And so, you know, the pressure's on to try and, you know, sure. compete and do some good things. And, you know, one, you know, him and I battled a little bit. He's a really, you know, scholar of the sport, trained with Stacy Dragila up in Idaho, like knows his stuff. And, you know, for the first month or two, it was just battling back and forth, making sure yeah. like we understood each other. And we came to the conclusion, like, we're both trying to say the same thing. We just use different vocabulary. And right. then when we broke through that, it was like night and day different. And yeah. then, you know, I had a girl too. She was a Juco girl. And then, you know, it was her last year at UVU. And uh, we're best of friends now, like love each other. It's so great. Like we ended on a great note. Like we love to argue and fight with each other. We're like brother and sister. But, you know, at first it was just like, she didn't trust me. She thought like I was coming in trying to take things over and change everything. And I was like, look, you can trust me or you cannot trust me. Like, this is your last season. Like, what do you have to lose? And, you know, when she got past those things and started giving, you know, the small little things a go and seeing everybody else start to like increase, then she like bought in and was like, okay, this all makes sense. It feels yeah. right. Like, so I loved having that like my first season because that just kind of gave me the confidence of like, I do know like my basic things about pole vault and I'm, or high jump and I'm always trying to learn more so that I can just give them the best opportunity to reach their potential while they're here. Cause one of the things I tell them too, is, you know, you have four or five years, depending on red shirts and stuff to, to right. compete at this level. And then you have the rest of your life to think about it. So yeah. give it everything you got every single day, like work at it every single day, dedicate sacrifice and just be, you know, what you want to be while you're here. And then you can sit back and be that guy. That's like, yeah, I accomplished all those things while I was in college, as opposed to like, Oh man, I wasted so much time. I definitely could have been an all American, but I didn't put things together. So yeah. 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 All right. Well, Hey, um, <laughs> we gotta, I have got to eat something here. Um, yeah. <laughs> no it's an hour later for you, but, uh, Mike, we're good. Thank you so much. This has been, uh, really illuminating. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, I love the fact that you're working with Aiden. I love, I think he's, he's in great hands. I'm glad yeah. to hear that you're a, you're a student of the sport. And mm -hmm. like I said, the, the energy is just <laughs> off the charts. So yeah. uh, God bless you. Keep working hard with those kids and yeah. uh, let's stay in communication. I, I got a, a lot of uh, ideas and a lot of uh, uh, stuff about training and, and questions and, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm picturing collaborations and all, all Definitely. kinds of, I, I, yeah, I love the energy. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty young and pretty, um, unknown as far as the college level and coaching and so just trying to get my work in and you know get these athletes to where they need to be and i i really appreciate you taking the time to do this i know you're super busy and i appreciate everything you've said and just kind of you know i guess again confirming you know, <laughs> all the things that i've been studying and looking into and it's just it's just makes me feel better and sleep better at night knowing that i'm on the right track <laughs> yeah absolutely so i really appreciate absolutely. it 
I'll definitely take care of Aiden. Definitely work him, <laughs> work him real hard. Like, and uh, you know, you should be seeing, you know, pretty good things out of this group. I think I've got potentially two all Americans, a man and a, a female high jumper. And then Aiden, you know, hopefully we're qualifying for first rounds in outdoor this season. We should be seeing UVU kind of all over the, the charts this next season. What's so first, first round, isn't it just 10, is it just 10 and three quarters? Is two ten um, qualifier for the first regionals? So I can't remember. It's like for they, so they've got the West and it's the top 48 in the West. So okay. last season was two eleven, which is about seven, one and some change. Um, and so we'll, we should have two boys, potentially three getting to that mark. And then I've got a girl, she should be jumping in the five, 10, five, 11, pushing six this season. Okay. So we'll see yeah, how two, things go. And let's see two eleven is seven is six eleven. So wait, two, six, eleven. Yeah. Six yeah. eleven. Yeah. Yeah. So there you and go. And then yeah, two fifteen is what got into finals this last right. season. Cause I took one, um, Seth Krause, he, uh, went to first rounds. Should have made it to finals. I, I have a video of him jumping 215. He's about three, yeah. four inches over and just caught it wrong. And uh, so that one eats at me, and I know it eats at him. But we'll be back this next season and getting, you know, jumping against the, the good all right. ones. So. Well, best of luck. Yeah. And um, Thanks. Send, send videos if you can. I'd like to Definitely. You know, post jumps of your jumpers, you guys in action, sure. anything to, to yeah. support you guys. So um, for sure. Appreciate it. it. All right. All right. Mike, Thank you. Have a good time. Night. Yeah, you yep. too. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. And that's going to wrap it up here on Raise the Bar. Uh, I'm your host, Troy Haynes. Uh, just spent, a, it looks like, at least an hour and a half talking with uh, Mike Ashton from Utah Valley University. Um, he's uh, coaching a great group of kids. Uh, one of my former uh, high schoolers is is in his care, and he's got a lot of talent there and a lot of energy and uh, it's, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I want to announce again, um, we have uh, a continuing group of high jumpers, long jumpers, triple jumpers, pole vaulters. I've got um, people lined up and we're just going to keep them coming. And then I want to announce again that uh, I have a new Zoom class coming for high jump. We're going to call it high jump 101 Zoom. And um, we're going to open that up here in just a a little bit of time and it's going to be on the 29th uh you'll get a chance you can sign up and i think it's only going to be like 15 bucks or something 15 or 20 and uh it'll be it you've heard me talk if you've been on here before it'll be worth the while and the time we're going to cover a lot of bases uh you know technique and you know it's it's kind of an overview but it'll kind of get in depth too so just wanted to announce that we're calling it high jump zoom 101 and uh, until next time, uh, so long here from Raise the Bar with Troy Haynes.